0: You're listening to The Regent College Podcast.
1: Welcome to The Regent College Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Perini, and today I'm speaking with Susan Phillips. Susan serves as the Executive Director at New College in Berkeley in the United States and has also served on the Regent College Board of Governors. She's a sociologist, a spiritual director, a teacher, an author, and a consultant to various Christian organizations. And she's interested in how we live out our faith in daily life, drawing insight from the fields of social sciences, biblical spirituality and practical theology. She taught a class here at Regent this summer entitled Spiritual Disciplines – Setting Our Hearts to Seek God. Susan, thanks for taking the time to speak with us today.
0: My pleasure.
1: Now, you, you spend a lot of time writing and talking and um, teaching about spiritual disciplines and spiritual practices. What, what are they?
0: I think of Christian spiritual practices as those regular disciplines in which we engage that help us set our hearts to seek God. Mm-hmm.
1: Can you give us some examples?
0: Sabbath keeping. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's a spiritual discipline that's one of the Ten Commandments, the one we usually consider a suggestion. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I don't want to get into theological arguments about Sabbath keeping, but it is a uh, time-honored, time-tested way of remembering God, Mm -hmm. setting a day aside to really disconnect from other kinds of commitments, from work especially. Mm -hmm. And for many people these days, it's a day to put down our devices mm-hmm. in order that we might focus more deeply on God. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to do. Not. I mean, we are pretty attached to our devices. Yeah. And work has become a 24-7 kind of commitment for a lot of people. But So it's not easy. It requires discipline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It helps that it is established in the tradition some communities still practice Sabbath keeping together, many don't. Um, but I think the fact that most of us are in communities that don't have a very strict Sabbatarian rule gives us the opportunity to experiment. Mm-hmm. with what sabbath is like for ourselves
1: mm-hmm. and so is it is there are there things in your own life that have sort of that sparked either is it a renewal for you in spiritual practices have you always been just so spiritually disciplined that it's just like oh this is just what i always do what was it that sort of sparked your interest again uh and and in your own life some things that have been some practices that have been helpful that you found particularly life-giving maybe
0: I think I've always been somewhat interested in the connection between theory and practice. I always have wondered how people help themselves live out their commitments, whatever those are, commitments of faith or commitments of uh, covenant. And also I've been very interested in how practices shape the way we see the world. Mm-hmm. So both directions. I've been interested in that. Early in my studies, I was studying psychotherapy um, and wondering how the practice of being a psychotherapist shaped the therapist. Mm-hmm. The way, I was very interested in Christian therapists and how their Um, theology was in fact shaped by their engagement with particular people and their stories and their Mm -hmm. lives. And that expanded to being interested in how all kinds of helping professionals were shaped by that intimate engagement with the people they were caring for. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of my own life, I think I'm constitutionally just a kind of disciplined person. Right. So that so, helps. Yeah, it <laughs> helps. So I think it's easier for me than it is for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so because I am somewhat disciplined, when I want to try a new discipline, I can attach it to an old discipline. Right. T- tell us more about that. So um, when I was in college, I was part of an intervarsity fellowship group and they were recommending a morning quiet time. Well I already had a daily morning practice of praying and writing in a journal. Mm-hmm. It did not have a praying with scripture, studying scripture component but because I already had the practice I could easily in, in, put that in it. Mm-hmm. And there was a time in my life when I decided I needed to do long-distance running. Oh, and good for you. So what, made, what,
1: what on earth brought that on? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
1: I thought it would be healthy. Yeah. And did you have another discipline that you attached it I to? I did. Short-distance running. I attached running. it to
0: my morning quiet time. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, so I, I had that thanks to, you know, I'd had this high school journaling quiet time to which I, or practice to which I attached the quiet time. And then for about 12 years, I attached running five miles a day after I did the quiet time. Mm-hmm. So just listening to that, you know, I'm naturally sort of that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, But for anyone, attaching a discipline to an already established discipline is very helpful. Most people brush their teeth Mm -hmm. uh, in the morning and the evening. And you can attach a discipline to that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And starting small is good. Mm -hmm. So like when I started running, I, I I was not an athletic person at all. And I had to research shoes right I had to read about how you planted your foot when you ran as how it was different from how you did it when you walked I didn't know if it was heel ball heel ball or the other way Mm -hmm. so I started really slow really small and then just bit by bit by bit it expanded Mm -hmm. So it has been with some of my spiritual disciplines.
1: Yeah, and are there are there times where there's been a spiritual discipline that's been actually really challenging for you, and you feel because my my thinking like if you're not a disciplined person, it could feel perhaps burdensome. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it's, it doesn't necessarily need to be. But yeah, are there times where you found it challenging to to be disciplined in some particular way, and then how have you how have you navigated that, or how have you pushed through?
0: Or? Yeah, that's a great question, mm. and really discernment is required because sometimes we pay attention to what our spiritual practices are and discover some have become empty mm. or they become idols. You know, we're sort of proud of the fact that we're doing this, that, or the other thing and focused on being perfect at it, and it really isn't a way of setting our hearts to seek God. Mm. It's no longer a channel of communication with God. So it might be right to let that practice go. And I had a time when I thought the, those books, you know, read the Bible in a year books, were like the greatest thing. <laughs> yeah. And the Until you get about
1: to like January 28th <laughs> or something and you're thinking, oh
0: no, I've already... I've already missed three days, and then it becomes a week. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, because I am such a naturally disciplined person, that didn't happen to me until the second year. Okay. So the wow, whole, the whole second year. The whole first year, it was lively and wonderful and amazing. I what? saw things yeah. I hadn't seen mm. before as different Scripture passages were held you know, together in a day. So it was wonderful. But the second year it really became about the practice itself and how long was it going to take and was Mm -hmm. I going to get it done. And if I didn't get it done, would I then play catch up on the weekend? So that I I ultimately let it go. I decided it was a non-essential spiritual practice and it was no longer full of the Holy Spirit for me. Mm -hmm. Whereas some other practices are what I would consider essential, or we might discern as essential, worship. I consider regular um, worship with brothers and sisters in Christ uh, a non-negotiable spiritual discipline. Mm -hmm. And there are times when it feels empty to me, or irritating, or something. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like a way I'm setting my heart to seek God. Mm. So then I have to work with myself about how to be in the practice. Mm -hmm. And I sort of do an examine of the worship service. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit more about the examine. Okay, that's that's a Jesuit practice. It's about 500 years old. Many, many people engage in it, and beyond just Jesuits, a lot of Protestants do. Um, It's a retrospective examination of the day, to notice where you have been turned toward God and where you've been turned away from God. Mm. So it's an examine of conscience because it sometimes brings up confession. And it's an examine of consciousness, so you notice where during the day you were more apt to pay attention to God, and when you just lost track Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. And as you do it over time, you learn what things turn you toward God, and what things are tempt you away from paying attention to God and your deepest self. And others. I think the opening is a movement of openness to God, your deepest self, and to others. And so, to go back to the worship experience and doing an examine of that, I found in a certain season that it was no longer the sermon that was necessary. And you know, no criticism of the pr- people delivering the sermons, but it wa- those those were not touching me and making me think about God and opening Mm. my heart but it was watching people pray and I discovered you know after I'd been to a service and was looking back at it that what lingered in my mind was like the man across the sanctuary who was singing so enthusiastically during a hymn Mm. and it looked like true prayer or the woman who went up for communion and I knew some story in her life. I knew about something she was suffering. And yet there she was extending her hand mm-hmm. to receive the body and the blood of Christ.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That those were the things that it. were opening me mm-hmm. to God in mm-hmm. worship. So that was a way of refreshing my experience of what I considered a spiritual discipline I needed to maintain.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's really helpful because there is there is that, there is an extent to which like that paying attention is sort of what you're saying is paying attention to what's going on around you as well as what's going on inside of mm-hmm. you as well. Um, and then and another like another thing that you I know you talk a lot about is this the idea of listening. Mm -hmm. And that, again, that I'm assuming requires an attentiveness. And can you talk to us a little bit more about listening? And would you see that as a spiritual discipline or a spiritual practice? Um, What does that – yeah,
0: talk to us about listening. Mm -hmm. I I do think it's uh, spiritual discipline. I mean, throughout Scripture, God calls us to listen. We see Jesus listening to people – I mean, remarkably, we see Jesus dying and listening to people. We see the resurrected Jesus on the Emmaus Road initially just listening Mm -hmm. to the people. So I think listening is a spiritual practice. Uh, God is our exemplar. God listens. And we're called to do that to one another, and we're in a culture that's primarily about performing and spectating it's not about depth listening mm. spiritual disciplines require attention but also intention mm-hmm. so to really listen we have to have the intention to do so mm-hmm. yeah how do how do how do we do how do we cultivate that
1: intention
0: cultivate the intention well i suppose we have to be convinced mm-hmm. that it's right mm. So we have to be convinced to some degree that God would have us do that. Yeah, yeah. And then that helps prompt the mm-hmm. intention.
1: Yeah. And w-
0: w- like in a,
1: like we're in a culture where it's really noisy, and as you were even talking before about devices, it's either audibly noisy or it's just noisy because there's things at us all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, how, do we, how do we cultivate these these this art of listening in a world that's really noisy and there's lots of things competing for our attention and how do we do it just in how do we how do we do these how do we in in the midst of the busyness of everything how do we how do we carve out this time is it just and so that it doesn't do you know what i mean so it doesn't feel like it's i'm just gonna i've just got to do this and i've got to get it done and this is important and i don't know
0: how so, do we how do we make sort of burdensome yeah uh-huh well, I'm aware that you and I, Claire, are being listened to, we hope. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> that there are people who have actually stopped doing other things in order to focus their attention on listening right now to what we're saying. And it's sustained. It's not just a little sound bite. So that's, that's a kind of commitment mm-hmm. that people are making. Mm-hmm. And... People, Christians, consistently do that. Worship requires our listening. Um, Attending to scripture requires a kind of listening. Prayer requires listening. But we also can have relationships with a spiritual friend of some kind or in a spiritual community where we practice listening to one another. And part of what that requires is letting the other person know that you're listening. Mm. So too much of our conversation is kind of ping pong conversation. So someone says, uh, I had this experience. And the other person says, oh, yeah, I had this experience. So it ping pongs Mm -hmm. without the first speaker knowing that the other speak the hearer has really heard it, mm-hmm. and without the listener helping the speaker go deeper in the experience. hmm So, in, in my last book, The Cultivated Life, there is a practice for contemplative listening. It's pretty simple, but it helps people um, have a, a protocol for how better to listen to other people.
1: Can you can you tell us a little bit more about that?
0: Well, there's the in, intention, mm-hmm. and um, sort of in a formal way, like uh, how, uh, w- me asking you, would you be willing to listen to me? I'm wrestling with something I want to see. Right. Uh, I can tell that there's something here that might be something God's communicating to me, um, but it's hard for me to figure it out, and you say, Sure and then um, you listen, and as you do so, you respond to things I say mm-hmm. like like I hear you saying that that there's a real desire that has prompted you to have this conversation right you're You're hoping maybe you might hear something from God here. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep holding the focus on the speaker and enabling the speaker to go deeper with it. Mm-hmm. It frees the listener from any uh, obligation to have uh, a teaching response, or the right the other, answer, or, or, the or the right to fix answer, it, or, or a to a fix, f- fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, or to finish the sentence, which I might have just done to you, which is <laughs> <so funny>. no. <laughs> And just, just before we finish up here I know some of the, the other work that you've done Is work in spiritual direction mm-hmm. And that may, be the, that may be familiar to some people And not at all, or quite an unfamiliar How does, talk to us a little bit about that It sounds like from my understanding of spiritual direction It's, it's there's, there's an element to what, what you're talking about there That intention to listen And the help me, helping people wrestle With what God might be saying mm-hmm. But is that, what else, is, what's, what's happening in spiritual direction And how do we, what is, what is it?
0: Well, I would say the foundation of spiritual direction really is that contemplative listening. Mm. It's not like it's the first step in spiritual direction. It really is the undergirding core of spiritual direction. The spiritual director helps hold time and space for the other person to listen to their own heart and to listen for God. Mm Mm-hmm and and i think more and more in our culture we need help with that mm-hmm. we we need bounded space uh you know the the sanctuary where we can be free before god where we can open and listen and we don't have much of that most mm-hmm. of our spaces are intruded upon by other thoughts, by noise, by um, texts, Mm -hmm. you know. These Mm. things Mm. interfere with our ability to just focus. And sometimes it's just our own distractibility. Mm -hmm. So if I set up an appointment with my spiritual director, um, I know that I'm going to have that time to really explore what's going on in my relationship with God. Uh, opaque and murky as it can be,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. But I have that freedom, also that commitment,
1: mm-hmm. and the intentionality to mm-hmm. actually, um, yeah. So, if you were to give a, a, a sort of a, a closing piece of advice mm-hmm. to perhaps undisciplined or um, people who are who are seeking this desire to set their heart before God, how what would be a good place to start? If they're, if they're wanting to do that, any kind of clo- – and closing words of advice are so pithy and maybe that's not <laughs> even what – it's maybe too it's – not, it's not deep enough. But is there – like attaching it to a habit or something that you – discipline right. that you're already doing. Right. But is there – yeah, any other thing that you've found helpful in your conversations with people who are wanting to cultivate various disciplines? What's, what's been helpful?
0: Well, a discipline that will take – with you, and that you can keep with, to some degree, suits your temperament. Um, To some degree, it also counters your temptations. So there's gentleness in it, but also a kind of rigor. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't become an idol. No, it doesn't calcify. And it stretches your heart. So that's something to pay attention to with a spiritual discipline, is it stretches your heart you become more loving Mm. towards god towards others so it's the opposite of some sort of self-indulgent ego tripping sort of thing Mm. it Mm. actually stretches your heart
1: Mm -hmm. yeah susan it's been so good to talk with you and i'm i feel like i need to find a, a discipline that is reflective of yeah that's that that idea of something that is reflective of you well it's it's connected to your temperament and mm-hmm. th- that it's not something that's completely um, foreign. Like if, yeah, anyway, it's a really helpful, mm-hmm. it's a helpful um, thought. So thank you for your time. And are um, welcome. Thank you. I don't think I'm going to start long-distance running, but <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Hey, it's got nothing to do. It's not at all like my personality. But it might stretch me. Definitely would do that. Thanks for your time. <laughs> thank you.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to Regent College Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you'd like to hear more content like this, you can find lectures, conferences, and entire courses at regentaudio.com. And to find out more information on Regent College's degrees and upcoming events, go to regent-college.edu.